Welcome back to Asinine Radio. Hey. Well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! God, what the fuck? Okay, I'm having technical difficulties over here. The music stopped. Everything was cutting out. Okay, anyway, this is Asinai Radio. This is the weekly music podcast, the podcast where every week we get into our Fearless Beer Review. We talk about all the vinyl we picked up this week, and we round out with some new music and other happenings in the music world, but we're going to kind of change it up at the end. We're also going to talk about the Euro Cup that just finished and also the Copa America that that just finished as well. It's hard for me to speak because mm-hmm. it's pod talking. Sure. My name is Tyler. Way out there, hundreds of miles away, way out there in the ether is Jeff. Uh, okay. Go to Apple Podcasts, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. <sighs> now, Jeff, let's, uh, let's just get into our Fearless Beer Review. What do you got? Go. Um, so last night I had a, uh, a hankering for some, for some IPAs, some IPAs, okay. and... The gas station by my house has like a walk-in beer cooler. It's really cold in there. So when I was in there looking what to buy, I, I just got too cold. And so I just grabbed something familiar. So I have Sculpin today, Sculpin IPA. Okay. I've, uh, I've had this before, but it's been a long time. And I don't think I've ever even checked it in until... Actually, I don't think I've ever checked it in on Untapped. So it's been years since I've had this. Hmm. So you pick like an IPA, like one of the more expensive IPAs that is expensive for no good reason. Um, I think all IPs are probably expensive for no good reason because they're uh, <laughs> you boring, as as Jake and Amy would say. Jake, yeah. Well, that's wrong. So, um, shutting that down real quick. So, what what is it called? It's uh, oh no, it's Sculpin. What, yeah, yeah, it's, it's ba- Sculpin. Ballast Points oh. Sculpin IPA. Yep, this is like uh, I'm pretty sure this is like their flagship beer. This is what this is what Ballast Points is is proud of. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. and um, they are. I don't think they're a, a big beer anymore. I think they they were independent, and then they got bought out, and they got sold again. Yeah, so I think I think technically they're they're back to being an independent brewery, which is so weird. I've never I've never heard of that in in the beer world. That's so strange to me. But it is very bizarre to think that Anheuser Busch would let go of like an asset like that. Yeah, it's almost like suspicious, you know. Yeah, there must have been something going on with within the brewery itself, like maybe some sort of weird allegations or some something weird that came up. So Anheuser Busch wanted to distance themselves. Maybe it was a it was a clause in like the agreement upon selling. Like we haven't we have options to buy back after X amount of years or something. I don't know. Could be because they they paid I think over like a billion dollars for Ballast Point or something like that. Yeah, fucking nuts. Some crazy amount of money. Yeah. Yeah, was it was a billion dollars. Yeah, maybe it was. Maybe there's like a clause. I watch a lot of Shark Tank, so there's there's clauses and stuff. That's a that's a technical term that we use in the biz. Maybe there was a clause in their contract that allowed them to buy back their company. Yeah, it had to have been something like that. It's too suspicious. I was like saying clause, like Santa Claus. Claus? Santa mm-hmm. Claus. Popo Gijo. Um, so I have, I have. What do I have? I have something called 
Giggle Nuggets Dank IPA. This comes from Hopworks. <laughs> <laughs> you like that name? It's so fucking stupid. <laughs> Have you ever heard of it before? Or no. No. <laughs> yeah, Giggle Nuggets uh, Dank IPA from Hopworks Brewing Company or Urban Brewery up in Portland, Oregon. Uh, I picked this one up from a local liquor store just because I like the label. It's it's like a that's a cool it's label. Just like a, yeah, it's cool, right? I just, I liked it. It caught my attention. Saw it was an IPA. Saw it was dank. And then I like Giggle Nuggets. That's a great name for a beer. So 7.5%. Uh, I think this is a seasonal beer. I think it says the last time it was brewed was in April. So this is probably a little bit old. But this is the first time I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was actually canned back in January of this year. So it's about seven months old. So uh, dumb. What? Just the name is so <laughs> stupid. It's very silly. Very, very silly. It's 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 like beyond stupid. It's so stupid that you have to just giggle. <laughs> That's the point. Giggle nuggets. It's just the right amount of stupid. Mm-hmm. All right, you ready to, to to drink? Yeah, I'm actually. I have I have glasses here, but but I'm doing it old school. I'm drinking out of the bottle like I'm a baby. Okay, let's go. Oh, oh yeah, mm, girl. Oh, oh man, dank. This is fucking dank. If I think I know what dank means, <laughs> wow, this is this is something. This is something I tell you. So let, let's start with you. What, what do you what do you think of uh, the sculpin that you haven't had in years? It's it's good. It tastes exactly how I thought it would taste. It is. Um, it's not. I, I don't think it's really set any records, but it's good. It's a solid beer, and yeah, I mean, it was like. $14 for a fucking six pack. So there's yeah, that. But um, at this point, you're just paying for the name. And it's it's good. Sculpin's solid. I don't drink IPAs very often, but every now and then I do get like a craving. And mm-hmm. I, I, it's got to be seasonal. I want to I want to try so hard to believe that I'm, I've been acclimated to the weather out here. But I don't drink stouts that much anymore on the pod. And it's got to be because it's fucking hot. Oh, it's way too hot, especially when you're upstairs in that office. I try and pretend like, it's not that hot. Do, do, do. I love it out here. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> it's fucking hell. <laughs> I've, I've noticed that like over the last month, this is the first time I've heard you complain about about living out there. This is the fr- You've been out there for, like, what, almost two, three years now? It'll be three and years this yeah. September. Yeah, so this is the first time I've heard, I've heard you complain about the, the storms in the summer, the heat, all that stuff. I I just, dude, I, I'm done with the heat. Like I'm, I hate the heat so much, <laughs> so much. But I mean, in in the winter and fall, it's it's pretty nice. It's Arizona is nice. It's only miserable a solid three months. Other than okay. that, it's it's fantastic. But I mean, mm-hmm. that's three months is a long time. Three months of just heat. Yeah, but. At least when it when it gets stormy, it cools down a lot, right? Yeah, but then it just makes a mess. That's true. Yeah, you have to clean the <laughs> pool that nobody swims in. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. shit! Did you did you hear? Yet uh, or Saturday, I think it was was the hottest day on Earth, and it was in Death Valley. How hot that? was it? One hundred thirty three degrees. What? It says that it, they they said that the the pre the the actual. The record was 134, but that was like in Tunisia back in like 19 the 1920s. So they don't really like believe that. But 
so they they kind of took that off of the record and then now this past saturday in death valley was 133 yeah Dude, i can't even imagine and apparently like people were driving out there to death valley because there's like a huge thermometer out there like i guess where the entrance to the to the national park is and uh and people were like taking selfies in front of the thermometer saying it's 132 degrees pretty Why? fucking nuts that's so stupid if your car breaks it's down because it overheats like you are so You're fucked. fucked you are fucked man what are you thinking because there's no coverage out there, no trees, there's nothing. Like you're just baking in the fucking sun. Fuck that. Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> so yeah. Um, okay. So well, you got cool. Sculpin. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. I my uh, my giggle nuggets. Uh, I this is not very good. This is a very very multi. It's not what I wanted. Ew. I'm more of a haze bro now. So something this dank, um, which uh, according to the dictionary is unpleasantly moist or humid. Um, yeah, this is not, this is not, this is not for me. I just don't, I'll never go back to this never. It's just, it's way too malty and it kind of, it's kind of syrupy a little bit. Just not my thing anymore. I mean, maybe six, seven years ago I would have been all over it, but how many did you buy? Just one. It was like three bucks for a 16 ounce. Yeah. Is it a drain board? No, 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 no. So we have a three point rating system. Where three is a perfect beer, two's a good beer, you're going to continue to drink. One is a bad beer, but you should give it as a shot, and zero is a drain pour. So what do you give your Sculpin? Um, I'm, I'm going to do 2.2. I will come back to this. It's high. Probably not often because of its price and because I'm not a full-blown IPA man anymore. I kind of grew up, grew out of that phase when I was a kid. And <laughs> you're an idiot. <laughs> But it's good. There's nothing wrong with this. It's 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 big name. It's expensive, but it's it's solid. You you get it costs a little bit more, but you get a solid beer. This is a solid beer. Yeah, I mean, I've never never been disappointed by their by the actual Sculpin. It's it's a great. It's a fantastic beer. Just dropping fourteen fifteen bucks on a six pack of that mm-hmm. just seems kind of crazy. I don't I don't like that. I don't like that, sir. I actually had a two pack. Of stouts from Hubbard's Hubbard's Cave, Hubbard's Cove. They mm-hmm. make really good stouts, really high ABV, really rich stouts. And it was a German chocolate cake stout. It was a two pack, and it was eighteen ninety nine. So I put it down, and then I bought Sculpin. <laughs> <laughs> good, 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 good. It was a little too much for me. <laughs> I'm trying to see if uh, our boy Raul comment or made a review on Sculpin. He had he, dude from from yeah. San Diego area. He had to have. Yeah, I do. <laughs> okay, there are a lot of there's over there's tw- over 2600 reviews and I can't bring them all up at once, so I can't really search for him. Dude, that's so annoying that there's 2600 yeah. reviews as if pretentious as fucks. If. As if anybody yeah. can give a fuck about your the 20 2599th <laughs> review. I know. It's so dumb. Oh, okay, yeah, so I I can't see if he, if he reviewed sculpin but he he has not reviewed uh giggle nuggets so <laughs> got nothing from raul today unfortunately but uh let's move on to uh some of the vinyl stuffs that we got this past week what we listened to what do you got Go. well i just I, as you were talking i went on to my beer advocate mm-hmm. oh here we go who's raul raul messaged me back mm-hmm. a while ago actually <laughs> june 28th it wasn't that long ago okay Okay. Wait, what did you, I forgot what you said to him? It doesn't show what I sent to him, so I don't remember. 
But it was something along the lines of that. We we gush over him all the time. On the podcast, yeah. <laughs> he says he says, Hell yeah, bro. <laughs> I have nothing without my fans. <laughs> I've actually considered starting a Twitter account and just going to hog and just going hog wild Raul style, but we'll see. I kind of like to keep <laughs> Raul Enigma status. All I can say is that I am from Southern California and that I didn't play for the Dodgers. <laughs> Did you ask? Do you remember if you asked him if he played for the Dodgers, or is he just preemptively saying that? I think I think we just said like he's. We talk about him a lot, and yeah. and and his his uh, like his mystique, his I don't know. We don't know who he is. Yeah. So like clearly, I don't know. I don't know. I'll, 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 I'll figure it. I'll find out what I said to him. Oh, that's, that's great. That's funny. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yeah, so that's that's um, Raul Mondesi for you, man of the people. <laughs> All right, you ready for this? All right, yeah, I'm ready for ready. this. That's let's do it. So the first thing, the first thing I got actually, there's a couple stuff here. I I bought some more bulks, and then every couple days I go back and I look through all the records, and I say, okay, maybe I do want to listen to this, and then I put stuff back, take stuff out. But um, one thing is Johnny Cash. We had just talked about. Johnny Cash and how if you own the two records, Life of Folsom and then San Quentin, do you really need anything else? True, yeah. And I was like, there's no way. Dude. He has so many fucking albums. There's no way. There's got to be some really, really good stuff. And so I remember that there was some Johnny Cash stuff. A lot of it was comps, but I pulled this one out. It's called The Johnny Cash Show. It's his 35th album overall, and it was released 1970 to coincide with his TV show that he had at the same time. And okay. so it's a live record. But um, it's 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 quiet. It's it's more of just like a made for record live record. You know, there's no really there's a little bit of no audience, audience in or there. whatever. There is oh. a little a little bit, but it's 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 more tailored to be like just a normal record. But it was just recorded live. Okay. But uh, it was notable because it had Sunday Morning coming down, which was a Chris Christopherson song, which catapulted mm-hmm. him and helped kickstart his career. And I only know that song because Me First and the Gimme Gimme did a cover of it on Love Your Love Their Country or Love Your Country. Mm-hmm. That's how I first heard of that. But uh, the record's good, man. It's really, really good. It is solid. I, uh, I'm i not about to go out and buy a bunch of Johnny Cash albums because I don't know. They, dude, this is his 35th album from fucking 1970. Like, yeah, there's, just, there's too many. Like, where am I going to start? What do I buy? I don't know. So if I get them in bulks, I'm going to start listening to them more. And if I like them, mm-hmm. I'll keep them. But this this one's cool because it has an almost nine minute song on it, and like that's a long fucking time for Johnny Cash. He doesn't really play any instruments. He's a harmonica here and there, a little guitar, but overall he just kind of talks. What's, what's, time. what's the song? The song's just like a about like he's just listing off cities essentially. It's an interpolation oh, okay. of a bunch of other songs, and he's telling a story about places he's been to, kind of in the same mm-hmm. vein of, of like I've been everywhere, man. Like that song. Yeah, he's just listing off cities for like five minutes, but it's pretty cool. It's interesting. I like I like it. I dig it. Pick it up. Okay, all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, another so what one. What else you got? Another one I, mm-hmm. I I pulled from my pile is Gloria Gaynor. Okay, this is her album called Love Tracks. This is her sixth album, nineteen seventy eight. This is the one that has I Will Survive on it, and I knew I knew it was in there. And then after we did the cake episode, I was like, okay. I'm going to go back and listen to this album. And then I did, and it's good. It's solid. But it's, are you going to uh, keep it, though? Yeah, I'm going to keep it. Okay. Because I, like, right. 
I like disco. I don't like a lot of disco, but I think disco music has its merit. I think there's a place for disco music. But what's good about this one is the song I Will Survive was actually, it was supposed to be a B-side to a different song. So Hmm. the song I Will Survive, we've heard that song been done over and over and remixed. The original Mm -hmm. version of it is not is not as discoed out and overproduced as you would think it's supposed to be. It's because so disco it's more soulful. Yeah. Disco of this era is way overproduced. It's sped up yeah. and it's, there's a lot of background vocals, a lot of orchestration. It's just, there's a high production value. And in this one and this whole album, actually it's very, it's, it's very like soul and R and B focused with like a little bit of disco flair thrown in. It's, it's still disco mm-hmm. sounding, but it's not Saturday night fever type disco. Yeah, which is I, to me, I can't stand that. I, I just, mean, it's like one song, and then I'm good. Like I, I don't need to listen to more. That, Except for Village People, that's a good soundtrack. The Saturday Night Fever soundtrack, that's a solid soundtrack. I'll take your word for it. All right. Well, then you're. I'm not going to go out of my. I mean, I've I've watched the movie, and I mean the movie's good to watch once, but I'm not going to go back and listen to the hey, soundtrack. Why do you hate disco so much? It's just pure fun. I just, I never, it never, it never connected like with fun? me except for the village people. The village people were fun. They were like the, the, the most fun when it came to disco music and that's all you need. Just listen to a village people record. That is not true. Uh, it is well, true. It's a little true, but not, not a hundred percent true. <laughs> it's come on. How can you not be more fun than YMCA in the Navy macho man? Come on. Those three songs right there are the most fun in music, you can't have any more fun than that. <laughs> I guess not. Guess that's it. <laughs> in order of fun, too. Like you listen to Moth, mm-hmm. YMCA, in the Navy, and then Macho Man. Well, I think Macho Man would be number two, actually. Yeah, I think, yeah, Macho Man is two. Yeah. All right. Anyway, moving forward yes. in disco, um, this is more blues. I got, I got so much blues, and it's just, it's all good. I love it. But fair. Howlin' Wolf. Howlin' Wolf. Oh, Howlin' Wolf is so good. Very influential, crazy popular musician. This is uh, this is a comp that was released in the early seventies. Just his name, but it's Chester Arthur Burnett. That's his real name, mm-hmm. Chester Arthur Burnett. Like uh, molasses <laughs> spilling out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have the Savannah accent. But uh, I don't know. This it's Howlin' Wolf. It's he's he was great. He's fucking popular, you know. Like he. Uh, Dude, yeah, I, I, I go on for days. Fantastic. Go on for days. There's so much history to him. I did. I did notice though. There's a his song called "Smokestack Lightning." Mm-hmm. Was he 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 wrote it and recorded it and he right he recorded it in '56. He wrote it decades earlier. He was playing it really a lot decades earlier. But he didn't, didn't record it till '56. But Dale Hawkins did a version of it, but not like a cover. It's just a completely different song. In 57, mm-hmm. a year after, but it sounds identical to that. In CCR, this, the Suzy Q intro, the... That thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like borrowing from the Dale Hawkins, which clearly is a borrowing of Smokestack Lightning intro. But, I mean, that just goes to show you how much borrowing happens in not only blues, but rock music in general. Especially of that era. But it was just, it, it was just was cool to like hear that, that Suzy... Yeah, it was it was cool to hear that Susie Q intro, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" Like, this is where CCR got it, and I looked it up, and it's like, "No, CCR got it from a different guy." And I said, "Well, Q, this sounds just like this, the same fucking song." But whatever. <laughs> yeah, Howlin' Wolf, good stuff, man. Howlin' Wolf, very good stuff. Very good stuff. Never uh, cheap though. His stuff is never ever cheap. Yeah, I come across it. 
this one's in pretty good condition. Some of the other ones I have, some of the other blue stuff I have has definitely seen better days. But this one's in good condition and on Discogs it goes for like twenty, twenty five ish. So not not cheap, but not like breaking the bank. And it's a double LP, so mm-hmm. I got it for okay. free. It's not I'm like well, must be nice. Must be fucking nice. <laughs> must be nice. Uh Sabikas. Sabikas. The Fabulous okay. Sabicas is the name of the album. This is a flamenco guitarist from Spain. Mm-hmm. And it is what it is, man. It is what flamenco? it is. Yes. Uh, the greatest the greatest fucking saying of all time. There's there's like a handful of these flamenco guitarists that, uh, like Montoya, fucking Ra- his name, Raul Montoya, and then mm-hmm. this guy, Sabicas. There's a, like a handful of these guys that are just so good. And this he he's a little bit different. He plays he plays really fast. We're talking like like Ingve Malstein stiff fast, like like metal fast. <laughs> he plays so and, fucking fast. And probably without a pick too. Yeah, and he's on like nylon strings and he's doing like these super, super fast things, and then he just stops and then he goes into like tapping his guitar as if he's doing like a flamenco dance, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh. You know, it's real cool. It's good stuff. <laughs> But obviously, a lot more substance in Ingve because there's substance yeah, here. Is, it's not yeah. just speed. There's there's heart and feeling to it. But even like Chet Atkins said that this dude is, is one of the best that he's ever heard. Wait, Pretty is good. this also the this is also the Raul guy, right, Montoya? No, this is his. I don't. I can't remember what his real name was. I I just wrote down his stage name, similar to like Cher. But it's okay. it's actually I didn't, it's it's Augustin Castellon Campos is his real name, but he goes by Sabicas. So because that's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Born in night like nineteen ten, dude. Fucking old guy. <laughs> I mean, he's dead, of course. Well, yeah, I mean, I, w- I would think so. I mean, he'd be pretty fucking old now. Yeah. But it's good stuff. It's good okay. stuff. Flamenco's always good. It's always fun. I just bought a bunch of uh, five dollar, like uh, Spanish guitarists a couple weeks ago, and I just got around to listening to it this week. Okay. Um, very nice yeah very nice um, another thing I got is Misfits ah yes Earth Misfits AD. Earth AD slash Earth AD full split <laughs> <laughs> but you said yours plays at 45 mine's at 33 yeah. so that's yeah that's mine's 45 lame. man yeah the first time I put it on I, I had no idea and I was wondering like cause this is not how these songs go and then quickly realized after like 10 seconds that it's plays at 45 so <laughs> but dude, is, you paid like 15 bucks for it it was 13 that's all right okay i paid 18 for mine well, the, which the, is still cheap for misfits but the problem is is there's a lot of empty space in like the run out like why not just make it 45 and then just yeah there's no true. reason yeah i don't know why they would why they would even press a 45 and a 33 and keep it pretty much the same price that doesn't it's, make any sense it's stupid it's it's like I mean, the album's not that long anyway. And it's, it's, you it's just, like 28 minutes. They could have just put it on one side and then that and made the other side like an etching or something. Leave it blank. I don't know. It's just dumb that <laughs> I got to listen to 10 minutes of music and then flip it over. Fucking yeah, annoying. it's very stupid. So listen on Spotify next time. No, you won't. Nah, I won't. But it's good. We all, we all know you won't. This is good. This is, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, dude, I'm the biggest Misfits fan now, of course. <laughs> and... This is, I mean, my, I, I, I do like Static Age. This is, that's still my favorite. Okay. And so this is, uh, this is pretty different though. This is a more aggressive. This is more punk. This is faster. This is heavier. Static Age is very similar, but 
more rockabilly. More, it's but yeah, I mean, above all else, it's vocal focused. True, true. There's true, strong true. vocal harms and everything, but um, Misfits are cool, man. I, I don't know. Misfits yeah, are cool. Those, those first three records are just they're untouchable, and same with Legacy of Brutality, which is essentially just a comp. But yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with with Danzig Misfits. They're it's just they're perfect. Every which way they're perfect. I don't think they made a single for it, but I really, I just want the single for American Psycho. I just want that song. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because the rest of that record isn't that good. But that's that is pretty trash. But I think, yeah, I don't think they made a single for it, so I think I'm out of luck there. I'm not buying that record. Yeah, unless it was like five bucks, I wouldn't <laughs> buy the record. Not worth it. Yeah. Not worth it. It's possible. Maybe. <laughs> All right. What um, else you got? Chuck Reagan. Right, Chuck really? Reagan. Yeah, Chuck Reagan, may know him from Hot Water Music. I don't like Hot Water Music. I just don't like him. But yeah, friend of the pod, Nick, conspiracy theory, Nick, huge Hot Water Music <laughs> fan. But even bigger, he's a big Chuck Reagan fan. What? That and, makes no sense with this guy. He, well, he's he's a uh, he's thirty eight, and before, yeah, but he's so Christian. Before he became uber Christian and conspiratorial. Conspiratorial, mm-hmm. yeah, conspiratorial. He uh, he was in the scene, man. He was deeper in the scene than us. He grew up in Garden Grove, and he saw. Uh, name a band that played in Orange County. He saw him. Name a venue. He'd been to it. He was deep <clears throat> in the scene, and he's seen Hot Water Music. He's seen Chuck Reagan play his acoustic stuff. Chuck Reagan does, does a lot of acoustic stuff, a lot of folk, yeah, acoustic stuff. I've seen him live. He he. I've seen him live twice. He opened up for uh, Dustin from Thrice when Dustin was doing his acoustic tours. Chuck Reagan was opening up those shows, and and wasn't there I remember a, wasn't there a third person that that was doing acoustic with him? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. I do not remember why. Fuck. Because I think there was a third was person it? on that tour that I I uh, now in hindsight I would have went to if I liked what yeah. I do now. Then yeah, I don't I don't remember because I, I and then I even seen Chuck Reagan. I was never was never really into it. I mean, it was fine seeing him, but I was just there to see Dustin. Didn't do much for me, but it, I mean, if you if you dig it, that's cool, awesome. It's a uh, it's a split. It's a split he did with his family, uh, two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. The the family's called Anderson Family Bluegrass. Okay. So if you can imagine, I mean, just based off the name alone, you could probably pin down exactly what it is. It's just a family, <laughs> kids and all playing playing bluegrass. And I thought I thought we had talked about this this family when we did rat pod and one of like the kookier covers that people would do oh, you know oh yeah i remember talking about a bluegrass band and they were really good i don't i don't i i just i just googled anderson family bluegrass and then rage against the machine rage cover nothing really came up but um okay. but whatever this is a yeah this is a split but it's a, it's a 9 inch it's not like a 10 inch like like uh oh. the all hollows ep it's not a seven mm-hmm. inch. It's a nine inch. I've never seen a nine inch before. I haven't either. That's weird. Two songs per side. And dude, Chuck Reagan is, man, I just fucking don't like hot water music, but Chuck Reagan is so goddamn good. <laughs> he has this other, this other group that he does called the, called uh rumble seat. And it's just never heard of him. It's just folk music, folk, a oh. little tiny bit of rock, just folk bluegrass stuff. Man, it's so good. He can, he does it so damn well. And I just don't know why. <laughs> 
How I don't know. I just sex. I can't get into his, I can't get into his into his voice. He's not as an, just, he's not nearly as annoying as he is in hot water music, and his vocals match what he's playing better when he's doing his folk stuff. Yeah, and hot water music is just like a fish out of it, that's that's kind of what it is, like a fish out of water. It's like somebody singing to a genre that's not even what they're playing. Yeah, I yeah I can totally see that. Definitely see that. Kind of like school. bad religion in a way, but bad religion are actually really good. But it's kind of like the vocals don't really match up with the music. Yes. Dude, like Bad Religion is a good example because sometimes he sings so slow and so casual. (laughs) Like when everybody else is just going so hard (laughs) and so punk and he's just like, where's the urgency, bro? Like Mm -hmm. speed it up a little bit. Get a little more angry. But yeah, that's, that's that's a good example. All right, cool. I think I saw Chuck, when I saw Chuck Reagan, it was like 2008 or 2009. It was one of those two years when I saw him. Man, that was, so like was probably right, right when the split came out. Yeah, right when this came out. Because yeah, Rumble Seat was was mid two thousand to late two thousands. Okay. But That's yeah, cool. no, he's, he's whatever. He's whatever. I saw him okay. at the Truby. The Truby. Sure, the sure, sure. Yeah. For Dang, sure. iconic LA venues. I know, man. That's what we did when we were growing up. We went to all these iconic venues, worldwide iconic venues. Yeah. All right. So what else you got? And Boy Dukes. Ah, there it is. And Boy Dukes. So I've only heard like half of one album by the Amboy Dukes. Yeah. And it is not, because this is Ted Nugent and the Amboy Dukes. This is not the Amboy Dukes. At some point. Yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. Oh, mm, mm. I mean, more Ted Nugent vocals as you kind of progress, but the, still the, kind of the same. The problem, so I, I, I think this album's great. Tooth, Fang, and Claw. Is is mm-hmm. this album? It's their seventh and last album before he just became Ted Nugent. Um, this yeah. is it's hard rock at this point. It a lot of solos, a lot of jamming. It's a lot of fun, but there's no there's no psychedelic aspect to this at all. The song true, Sasha true. kind of has this psychedelic folk kind of vibe to it, mm-hmm. but like that is for sure the last time that the Amboy Dukes really did anything in the vein of, of psychedelic because in their early days, like journey, uh, journey, yeah, the center of song. the mind, that that's the only thing that I've heard by them. And that is psychedelic rock. Oh, it's way more psychedelic than this. Absolutely. Now yeah. this that, is that song not, that album is way more. This is not psychedelic like in any way, but it's still really, really good. And it's actually yeah. made me think that I need to revisit the Nuge because yeah. the singing on this is not as annoying as he does on his solo stuff. Yeah, like once you get to like Wang Ding, Sweet Poon Tang, that song is a little like it's cheesy. It's definitely cheesy, and the way he sings it, you know. Also, um, I mean, Cat Scratch Fever. That song is it's good, but I mean, you you kind of get it after the first few listens. But I don't know. The, my my favorite Ted Nugent song is on this record, and it's the Great White Buffalo. That that guitar riff, I think, is just absolutely iconic. It's, oh my god, dude! And then the cowbell in there. It's that that right there is an absolutely perfect song. Great White Buffalo. Okay, blows yeah. me away every time I hear it. And then they do they do like a cover of Maybelline, but mm-hmm. you would never even think it's a cover. You never even <laughs> know it is is Maybelline. And they have like a ten minute song on here, and like it's dude, it's a good. I got shit reviews too. Like people fucking. Critics yeah. shit all over this album, but I don't know why. I I, <laughs> I don't know why either. Maybe maybe because they wanted more psych 
psych rock and it wasn't that it's was more hard rock that's probably that's probably what it is because i mean it's a really good record there's no reason why it's you know treated so badly it's be- i think it's because of ted nugent i think it's because ted nugent after their fourth or fifth album they stopped becoming the amboy dukes and became ted nugent in the amboy dukes and that always kind yeah. of looks bad like the you, like whenever I somebody mean, takes over a band like that, critics generally don't like that. But he was always, for the most part, he was the principal songwriter for the band, and then he did like half or quarter or half of the vocals anyway. So it's, I mean, it, it's not that outlandish for him to to just kind of transition into a solo thing like this. So because it really was his band. I I mean, yes, it is. It is his band. It's just. I mean, their first couple albums, he does. I don't think he even sings on it at all. He's just guitar. Yeah, maybe. But maybe a little I don't bit. Know. I, it doesn't matter because this album's fantastic, and I was I was super I'm glad you bought it. Yeah, I was super happy, and I actually bought the album before it too, the one that I sent you, and you said, "Oh, I saw mm. it for cheaper." And I bought it for like less than half of what I saw it at the other record store for. <laughs> so I have that yeah. one lined up. I haven't listened to it yet, but um, that's a good one too. It's a good one. I mean, pretty much. I, I've liked everything the Amboy Dukes put out. I mean, I've only listened to four of their records, or no, three of their records, but the three that I've listened to, I've loved. I, mean, I can't imagine the other three or four being bad. Yeah, so far, so far, I'm I'm all for it. I just, uh, dude, I, I don't know. It, like, Ted Nugent, he's not a bad singer. He's just fucking boring. And he's not even yeah, that boring. Not. It's just that his guitar playing is so much more electric <laughs> that when he sings, yeah. it's like, oh, can you just play more guitar, please? Yeah, I'd rather watch him or hear him play guitar because he, dude, he's. I I still think to this day he's like an underrated guitar player, and it's a real shame because people just associate his political views to him, and I just I hate it so much. It's such a shame because he's so fucking good. He's a showman. He's like a true showman. He, he he plays to the crowd. He plays to the energy. He plays for his fans, and that's he plays to have fun. It's just something you don't get very often. Like if ever in somebody who's done so much musically. Yeah. The only like cheesy thing I've always thought about him was not the only thing, but one of the, the biggest thing for me was like, whenever you see him perform live, he plays with a, uh, a headset, a microphone headset. So he doesn't have like a mic stand. So he just runs around and sings. And <laughs> so it, I mean, it's cool. Cause he has all the energy and all the crowd interaction, but damn, you look stupid doing it. Hey, he looks like a pop star. <laughs> yeah, he, he does. But I mean, whatever, dude. He's such a killer dude, guitar he's player. He's a showman. That's, he's there for the fans. He's not there to he look is, good. Yeah. He's there for the fans. I love it. But yeah, he's a pop star. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> oh, Even when I saw him at House of Blues, man, it was just, it was such a fun show, but he looked like such a knucklehead up there. <laughs> God damn. What would have been worse if they were selling like authentic Nuge headset replicas that you could buy? <laughs> Dude, I I guarantee you there's probably something like that in the early 80s or something. You could probably buy like a a knockoff headset or something. <laughs> That's so stupid. That's some shit like Kiss would do. Because they fucking put everything in as, a, <laughs> as a, like a toy or a product or something. Oh, man. All right. So what else you got? Uh, this is my last one until my, my pick of the week. This, right. is, uh, this is Dead Family. God, I'm now going to end every. Hoping, I'm now going to end every segment with a Dead Family release. I was hoping we would we would avoid any Grateful Dead stuff, but <laughs> I got I got like six lined up for the next weeks. Oh God. Okay, what do you got? This is Keith and Donna. This is uh, which one is he? He so Keith God Chow God Chow. 
Got he tunnels. was he played organ and provided like backup vocals, vocals. Once he wrote his own song and did lead vocals and took charge. Mm-hmm. But this is an album by members Keith and then Donna, who met while playing both for the Grateful Dead, and then end up getting married and living together and everything. All that stuff that involves or becomes involved with marriage and stuff. I don't know. This has. <laughs> I, I like this. I like this a lot. She. She has like a Janis Joplin kind of way about her. She can really yeah. sing because Janis can sing deep. And she gets True, like the yeah. pit of her stomach and she belts it out. And it's powerful and it's commanding. But Donna, there's there's very little rasp to her. So it's not as annoying as Janis. I don't care because I just don't. I, just, I, don't, I don't like, like Janis Joplin either. Don't either. I, I, think she can, I think she can really belt out some numbers and really, like I said, dig deep. Oh, absolutely. And become powerful. But man, I just think she's so annoying. I'm I'm with you 100. percent I don't I don't I can't listen to more than one song from her. It's just too much, too much so, of that style that I just I can't get into. Whatever. It's though. annoying, and she's annoying. I don't care. But this is this is blues based. This is very blues based with some focus on like gospel hymns and chants, and yeah. even some like Delta blues style stuff. And okay. some of it can be very typical of blues rock of like the mid 70s. You know, it's just very generic shit. But that's what everybody was doing when they, when they played blues rock. Look at the Stones when they first started. Their first six albums were identical. God. Yeah, you can't even tell them apart. But Every song. But sometimes, like, they're just doing vocal blues harmonies. And that's mm-hmm. that's pretty damn good. And that's something that I didn't expect from this was how how much singing there was and how much like gospel singing there was and how much like hymns and chants and other things that they were doing and harmonizing to where the music took like a back seat. And usually a lot, like too much singing is annoying. And I, I just don't care. We don't care about it, but True. I dug it. I like this a lot. And this is the so, whole album they did. So does, um, does he actually sing at all or does he just play the organ and then she sings? She sings mostly, but he does sing. Oh, okay. But his his main thing is is playing the organ and uh, yeah, such a cool instrument. Love part of instrument. part of the dead, a big part of the dead. Actually, died died really early. Died in like I think nineteen eighty. Actually, oh shit. Okay, but um, but yeah, just another another um, another member of the dead family who everybody respected, everybody loved, and this is his solo stuff. <laughs> All right, good, good. I'm I'm glad I'm glad you're enjoying this. I'm really Dude, glad you're enjoying so it. So fucking man. I'm at, I'm at almost 40 like dead family albums. Fucking god, dude. Fucking crazy. Don't don't you ever, don't you ever <laughs> criticize me for getting so many Martin Denny's. <laughs> but these are so dare. different. Like some of these are so <laughs> different from each other. I like a straight country <laughs> album that in in contrast to like a strictly psychedelic album. It, or Martin Denny just wrote the same four songs. He's like the Bob Dylan of Exotica music. Oh, but it's so good. It's so good. Exotica is better than Grateful Dead. That's Martin Denny is better than Grateful Dead. Why do you say things like that? Yeah, because I can. I think, therefore, I am. <laughs> I am wrong. Philosophy 101. Uh, yeah. So what else you got? The last thing I have is my pick of the week. This is uh, the band's called Elevators to the Grateful Sky. The song I mm-hmm. chose is Ground. This mm-hmm. is from their second album, Cape Yawn, from 2016. This is an Italian band. They're from Palermo. They're uh, and yeah. Go ahead. No, I mean, where did you get this from? Because I feel like I know the story, but I don't remember. I've I've I don't have any albums by them, 
but when I was like, when we, I had like a, uh, what the fuck was that place called? 606 Records. They were sending you, they were sending me like a monthly album from a genre that I liked. And that's oh, how I, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was like my first dive into like getting into the psychedelic rock era and really like digging deep. And I was just listening to a lot of psychedelic rock stuff. And then like at Met Mammoth, Acid Mammoth or some shit like that was another mm-hmm. band that I really, really liked. But anyway, they're uh, Elevators to the Grateful Sky, their first album, that's more straightforward psychedelic rock. What you would think of when I say some heavy psychedelic band. This one... This one is is my favorite. They only have three, maybe four. Yeah. I think three albums, but this one is 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 my favorite because it adds some like hard rock stuff to it, and then even at times mm-hmm. is pretty grungy. And then there's a couple songs on here where they straight up do like hard surf psychedelic rock, and it's fucking mm-hmm. great. Okay, interesting. And that one's like nine dollars. Beautiful color variant. It's a great album, and. Dude, it's solid. I, I love this so much. I just picked this up last week, and I'm happy. From Nichols? Yeah, this was uh, actually like like psychedelic stuff is, is hard because I don't, like the stuff that I know, I never see it in the wild. Yeah. And there's so much out there. I've just only scratched the surface of it, of the genre. And so I saw this in the wild. I recognized the band. I knew the album, and I was super stoked. And it was for a reasonable price, and I was super mm-hmm. happy. And it was the first time that I recognized a small-time psychedelic band in the wild and then bought it. Okay. It's kind of nice. It's kind of, especially for like a newer band, it's nice. It just kind of gave some validity. It was, it was some vindication almost. (laughs) That's all my hard work that I've been putting in. Uh, It was a good song. I I listened to the first three songs and they were, they was really good, but it reminded, a lot of it reminded me of uh, CKY a lot. Definitely, like some of the heavier parts reminded me of CKY. Even some of like the vocals at times reminded me of them. Like, I, that's, I I don't know about any particular songs, but just I literally thought two bands when, I mean, th- this album's all over the place too. But the 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 heavier songs, I thought CKY and Wolf Mother. Oh, okay, yeah, I could see Wolf Mother, but not vocally, but musically. No, yeah. musically, it's just some of the 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 tones, the guitar tones, the heaviness. It reminded mm-hmm. me of Wolf Mother, which was another cool yeah. band. I haven't thought about it. Yeah, that time. first record. That first record is solid. Damn, we we got to do that on the pod sometime. Surprisingly heavy for a band that just came out of nowhere, it seemed like. <laughs> yeah. Out of nowhere from Australia as a three-piece. You know? <laughs> yeah. Pretty wild. Pretty wild. So I'm going to play a little bit of the song Ground from uh, Elevators to the Great... Wait, The Grateful Sky, right? Yeah, yeah. Elevators to the Grateful Sky. Yeah. So here it is.
There you go. A little bit of the song Ground from Elevators to the Grateful Sky. I also, you know, the, another band that I kind of get a lot of in this song was um, the Bronx, at least musically, not not vocally, but musically. I hear a lot of the Bronx in there too. Great band. Yeah. Fucking yeah. love that band. Yeah, yeah. Good yeah, stuff, yeah, man. Yeah. You liked that it? Was good. I I really liked it. I I just I didn't have time to listen to more, but I, I'm definitely gonna go back to this record. Okay. It was solid. Right. It was really solid. So Well, there we go. If you ever see it in the wild, if you see it in the wild, you know, you know, maybe pick it up. I don't know. Just this saying. is I, I'm I'm uh again, like I I was super Man, this is why it sucks shopping with certain people because when I saw this I was like, Oh fuck yeah. I was super excited and I popped up. And then, like, there's nobody there to fuck yeah with me, except friend of the pod, Sloan. Who has no idea what's going on. I was like, what'd you get? He's like, oh, I got this fucking hardcore band. I was like, what's her name? And he looks at it, he squints, looks at the spine. I don't know. <laughs> like, cool, man. That was fun. Good fucking talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sloan is such a knucklehead. Yeah. It's, it's so great. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so so is that all you got for the vinyls and stuffs? That's it, babe boy. Okay, so I only have a few here. I didn't have a lot of time to listen to to newer records because I just I don't know. I just felt like going through a lot of my my the stuff I already have. I already I've already listened to. So um, the first thing here that that was new for me is uh, uh, Diga. How do you put? Is it Diga or Diga? Diga Diga Rhythm Band. Diga Rhythm Band and their record Diga. This is um, Mickey Hart from Grateful Dead. So yeah, Grateful Dead. I have a Grateful Dead album now. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is his second solo record. Came out in 1976. Dude, this album was great. Like, I'm so. I mean, when you brought it to the pot, I really, really, really liked it. So I'm so stoked that you were able to get it for me. Um, it's just really. It's it's fucking great. I don't know. I mean, we we talked about it before because you know you chose a song from this record already. But yeah, it's, just, it's so good. It, it's weird to think that a drummer can release a solo album that's drum based because yeah. it rarely happens like if ever and usually when mm-hmm. drummers release solo albums it's with a bunch of other musicians and it just becomes like another band but this yeah. is this is highlighting why he is such a good drummer why he's such a good percussionist mm-hmm. yeah and it's, it's not like travis barker's solo record where every album every song has a different singer or a different yeah, rapper that's fucking it's dumb like, okay yeah i mean it, with those kind of things, like you're only going to get like maybe four or five good songs. And then the the rest of the stuff is just okay to trash. Yeah. So, cause there's like no cohesiveness to it. There's no, just, it's just a bunch of songs. I don't know. It's just, it's not the, it's not the same, but this album was really, really good. So this is the best thing that I've heard the Grateful Dead do. Oh, Tyler. Just saying, just throwing that out there. You just break them my as heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, okay, so uh, <laughs> I was just thinking about that stupid fucking movie. <laughs> that that entire scene. Oh, my God. It's so stupid. Um, the next thing I got here, uh, I'm a big fan of this guy. You're you're still on the fence about him, but that's okay. It's uh, the Walter Wanderley trio. So Walter Wanderley. He was the, uh, the guy from Brazil. He's kind of like the godfather of Bossa Nova and Samba. He was, um, what is it, not Tony Bennett. Was it Tony Bennett? Fuck it, whoever it was. Kind of discovered this guy and like he was the reason why this style of music became so popular in the late 50s and 60s was because of Walter Wanderley. And uh, I've talked about him before. 
uh, the the rainforest record, which I think is fucking amazing. But this one is uh, Ch- Chaganka. Uh, it's his twentieth <laughs> record. Came out in nineteen sixty six. So two. This is two albums after Rainforest, and I mean, if you know what he sounds like, or if you know what his music sounds like, this is exactly what it is. It's just, it's just more of that like that awesome bossa nova organ playing it's just i love it i love this style of music i'm just i can't get enough of it so it's awesome stuff so get into that hopefully you'll you'll get more into him as time goes by jeff i mean i don't i don't look for his stuff because i always forget but yeah his stuff is always cheap it's always like three to like seven dollars if when you i mean i don't come across it very often but when i do it's it's generally that much I just so forget. Good stuff. I know. I, I mean, you can't, you can't remember everything. I know. But even when I tried to, I, I found an, another copy of Rainforest for like, I think it was like $8 and you what? didn't want it. What was this? Yeah, remember that? This no. is like a, not a, maybe a month ago. I was at some record store I'd never been to in Whittier. And and yeah, the guy had Rainforest there for like eight bucks. Or maybe it was, 10, no, it was $10. It was $10. Well, he said eight. And it was 10 I paid 15 for mine off Glass House. But... No, it was ten bucks, and you're like, no, I'll pass. Oh, I'll <laughs> but that's what you did. That's exactly what you told me. Yeah, that's um, true. So yeah, get into that. It's good stuff. Uh, the next, this next one I got from White Rabbit uh, in Fullerton. This is CCR Creedence Clearwater Revival. I got Willie and the Poor Boys fourth record, 1969. Uh, this is the last of the three albums that came out that year, and that's fucking wild to think. <laughs> it came out three months after Green River did. Oh yeah. This fucking band, dude. And this Crazy. is... This is this is probably... I would have to say right now, this is my second favorite. Yeah, this is my second favorite CCR record. Cosmos Factory and then this. Okay. I this record's so good. I mean, side A starts with Down on the Corner. Side B starts with Fortunate Son. And then everything in between is just so fucking good. It's an amazing record. Perfectly sequenced. Amazing. Uh, it's I mean, it's solid. It is it's it's damn near perfect. I don't. There's a couple songs that are like five minutes or six minutes, but there's not like a good good long jam song on there. Yeah, but it's fine. Yeah, I'm not really complaining about it. Well, it sounds like you are. But. I'm complaining about a little bit. <laughs> I don't know why. Why why complain about something that's so good? I'll do what I want. You're complaining just for the sake of complaining. I don't like it. I don't like it, sir. Okay, so uh, so I got that one, and then these next two I also got from White Rabbit on two different occasions, but that's okay. Still got them both from there. This one is uh, the first one here is Adam Hart Mother. Got an original pressing of this one uh, for a very good price, and it's very clean, no skips, no loops, very very little surface noise. It sounds great, and for an original pressing, I'm totally stoked on it. Uh, it's their it's their fifth record from October 1970. Uh, I th- I think this is like this is top five Pink Floyd for me. Uh, <laughs> Duh. <laughs> I mean it's 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 a fucking fantastic record. I love this record, and uh, and then you know reading more about it, David Gilmour and Roger Waters don't like this record. They think it's a bad record, and it didn't even get good reviews at all. Like it was got like two star reviews and shit, and I don't get that at all. I don't get it. It's it's silly boy talk. That's what that is. That is so. This is a great record, and I'm so happy I found it. I mean, the, the jacket has a, has like a has a split in it, but outside of that, I don't give a fuck. It plays great. It plays wonderfully for considering how old it is. Got no complaints. This is literally this record 
is literally from 1970. Mm. That's so cool. So cool. How many people have had have had this record in their ownership over the over the last 50 years? How many that's times wild. has that record been taxed over the years? That's <laughs> There's that too, yeah. That's the question. <laughs> it's so good. It's such a good record. Yeah, it's my favorite Pink Floyd record. Ah, that's that's wrong. Well, it's that's what we call that is fact. So very wrong. That it's is not so wrong. Very it's fact. Wrong. It's F A K T. Ah, there's like four other records better than this. <laughs> but no, there's okay. not. Are you fucking joking <laughs> yes, me? Is. You're so yes, stupid. Is. Your brain is stupid right now. No, it's 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 metal. Then it's Piper. Then Animals, and then Adam Hart. Yeah, Adam Hart is four. Adam Hart is four. Yeah. Okay, that's not bad. Wrong. But Adam it's Hart bad. is four, and then probably Saucer. Dark Side, Wish You Were Here, Umaguma. Okay, yeah, I'd say four. I'd say four. Oh. But um, so yeah, so that, that I got that one, and then also I picked up Pink Floyd's. This, this is also my my song of the week. This is my pick of the week. Uh, Pink Floyd's first record, Piper at the Gates of Dawn, came out in uh, August 1967. This is my second, well, second favorite. Yeah, this is my second favorite. I, I keep coming back and forth on this and and Animals, but. Uh, yeah, Piper at the Gates of Dawn. This is the one where Sid Barrett, their original singer, guitar player, pretty much wrote the entire record minus like one song that Roger Waters wrote and then two other songs that the band as a collective wrote. But this is this is a Sid Barrett. Sid Barrett record before he like, right before he had a mental, complete mental breakdown for the rest of his life. And uh, it's very, very much more psych rock, very much less ambient rock. And... Uh, you can almost kind of say this is not a Pink Floyd record because it's it's definitely not representative of what the band were to become after David Gilmore joined the band. And uh, I love this record. I just it's such a a forgotten gem within their discography, and it's highly underrated. I feel because it's just it's so good. It's so good. So um, I, I guess I could play my my pick of the week. It's Lucifer Sam. It's the second song. It's a Sid Barrett song. Uh, so here we go. Here it is. Here's a little bit of, uh, of that song. Thank you. 
there you go. Lucifer Sam from the Pink Floyds. What do you think of this one, Jeff? Digging it or no? Yeah, this is this is this is fine. This is this is good psych this is psychedelic pop. I mean that's not be real. The overall this album is, is a little bit more rock, but this this song was psychedelic pop. But it's, it's fine. So good. Yeah, it's it's nothing wrong with it. I think Pink Floyd has done some really great stuff and they're another band that kind of does one thing and bled that one thing out fucking for eight, nine fucking albums. Twelve records, yeah. Yeah. But it's it's good and there's nothing wrong with this. Did you have you listened to this entire record? Yeah. Ever? When I when I when I first got Adam Hart Mother, mm-hmm. is when and then and then we first started collecting. You said you were only going to get up until the final cut. Yeah, and that's so I listened, I listened to everything up until the final cut. Okay, so that's where right. uh, yeah, that's that's where I stand. You just thought it was you just thought it was okay, man. I, thought, I picked this up. I, I I ended up buying this new because I've never seen it used for cheap, and I rarely I've never seen it cheap new so i just bought it for what i've ever seen it for which is like 25 bucks but oh man it's so good i love this record this is not it's awesome this is not top five pink floyd oh, no it's top two this is it's not actually top two that's silly here <laughs> you're silly boy so you would you would probably rank this like lower like I would do like the bottom end i'd maybe do like no if we're just going up to the final cut then then no there's a lot yeah. of stuff I mean, this is better than Wish You Were Here. Oh, totally, yeah. This Wish is better than The Wall. So this is better than The Final yeah. Cut. Damn yeah. it. But what about Dark Side? You think it's better than Dark Side? No, Dark Side, Dark Side's, dude, Dark Side is so commercial and Dark Side is so petty, kind of in its like approach, <laughs> but <laughs> it's good. It is. It really is. It's fucking <laughs> petty. Like they, they, it's like they almost half asked it just so they could commercialize it more. There's so much stuff. There's so much more stuff they could have done, and even beforehand, like Dark Side's a late album by them. It's not like an early album by them. It's a late album, and even after Wish You Were Here, is a little bit more ambitious than Dark Side was. But just Dark Side yeah. has the kind of like the the overall concept. I think is really cool about Dark Side, and that's, that's something to latch on to. All right, all right, fair, fair, fair. Enough. Dark Side's good though. I have no complaints about it. Have you heard Saucer Full of Secrets, their second one? Yeah. Oh yeah, because you said you listened actually, to everything. Actually, I I re-listened to that one too because you got it for cheap at Aldo's. Yeah, I did, and I'd never seen it. And I, if I think you got it for like less than ten dollars too. Yeah, I think it was twelve. I think I got it for twelve bucks. I was all mad because like, what the fuck? I know, like, if I would have seen that there, I would have bought it. But I've never seen it there. So you must just put it out, and then you picked it up at my <laughs> record store. So I was all mad about it. Then I re-listened uh, to it that night to see if I was going to buy it online, rub it in your face. But that was the only record with all the members of Pink Floyd in the band. The only time they were ever a five piece. So cool, man. So cool. But anyway, yeah, so that, that was my pick. Uh, go check out Piper at the Gates, the Piper at the Gates of Dawn. Great record. Uh, underappreciated record for sure, especially by this band. So that's all I got for vinyl. Um, I guess we could just kind of get into some new music, other happenings, and then we'll get into soccer. Sound good? Yeah. Okay. So real quick, Always 18 down. Visions. 18 Visions, local hardcore band here. I really dig them. A couple... Friends of the pod really dig them, like Justin. Um, they put out a covers record called 1996, and uh, there's some pretty cool covers. A lot of them, they sound so different, so they sound like good 18 Vision songs, but then they do like a Nirvana cover, and that was actually, it was good. It wasn't like great, but it was good. It was fun. It was interesting. They did Scentless Apprentice, 
which is a weird a weird cut for them to do, but whatever. Uh, they also did a Nine Inch Nails one, which was meh, whatever. But overall, it was a solid, a solid covers record. Get into that if you're interested. Uh, and then the last thing here, there's a there's a show coming up on August 17th in San Diego, California. If anybody's local, mm-hmm. uh, I'd, I'd like to go to this, but I don't know anybody else who would probably want to go. Uh, it's 18 Visions, Death by Stereo, and Adamantium uh, at Belly Up Tavern in San Diego. If this is local, I would go by myself, but I don't want to drive to San Diego by myself and go to a, you know, a bar and watch these bands. It would be great, <laughs> but I just don't want to go by myself to San Diego. So, cause it's like an hour and 15, 20 minutes. So it's a little, a little too far for these bands, but I'll just wait to see Death by Stereo when they play it like fucking program or you know, <laughs> fucking slide bar, you know? <laughs> But well, I mean, Ephraim owns program. He kind of owns know, a program. Like, so I mean, going from like a it. like a tour, like like a bigger venue to program that holds. Maybe well, this 50 isn't even people. a tour. This isn't. Uh, even, this is just a one-off. It's a one-off show. You're, you're, okay, all right, all right. It's a one-off, and and you know, it's just to see these like these bands were iconic in the Orange County hardcore scene. Like these, I mean, Adamantium came first, and then Death by Stereo and Eighteen Visions came after, and. I mean, all three bands sound so different from one another, but they're so embedded within the scene that they're just, ah, oh, dude, it's, it, it, it's going to be a cool show for sure. A cool show. But yeah. So if anybody wants to go hit me up, I'll fucking go with you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's all I got for music. And, uh, so let's get into some soccer stuff, which we haven't done in a long time, but this last weekend on Saturday, it was the Copa America, final with Argentina and Brazil and then the Euro Cup final on Sunday with England and Italy and uh let's just let's just jump into the Copa America first because that one um I was I was really going I don't like either team but I was going for Brazil because I really don't like Messi so it was a shame for Messi is unwarranted it just makes no sense it's not unwarranted it's not it is it's not what he's he's a he's an amazing player but what do you mean the way the way he's treated is just, it's, it's too not his much. Fault. Like he's, it's, well, it isn't, it isn't, it isn't. Because he, he kind of just like lays back and doesn't push himself. Like he's one of those players that just kind of, he just kind of rides it out. Like he doesn't, he doesn't, it doesn't seem like he pushes himself within, within soccer. You know, he doesn't try anything new. He just, he's played for the fucking Barcelona since he was like 14 or 13 <laughs> years old. He's never left Barcelona. He's never. This is the first major thing he's ever won with Argentina. Even though they have some of the most amazing players on that team, this is the first time they won. And Messi didn't even score in this game. It was fucking Di Maria, who I think is an amazing. He's always been an amazing player, especially when he was with Madrid. Like Di Maria and Ronaldo, when you know Di Maria setting up all those goals for Ronaldo. Fucking that was that was a great era of Madrid. Ratatouille looking motherfucker. Oh, he's ugly as fuck, dude. He's he looks like the dude from Ratatouille. He looks like the guy. He does, huh? Yeah, oh, dude, but such don't an ugly don't man. hate Messi. Messi, he's good. He's great. He is one he's, of the greats. He is not in contention for being the greatest, but he is one of the greats. He will be talked about forever. 10. He's absolutely. Top 10. So don't hate but him. But he's definitely he's not. I don't even think he's top five. What what Messi does better than I think anybody ever is when you have a set piece that is outside the box, and Messi's got the ball. You can't you can't just assume that it's not going to go in. 
with, with Messi, but, you assume that ball is going to go in, no matter Messi's how far not he that is. Great out, of an outside yes, kicker. he is. No, he's not. Yes, he is. He's just small, so he can weave in and out of people. That's what he's best at. He he's did best it at in just the like Copa. going head there on. There was multiple set pieces outside the box that he he weaved. But that's it in. not what he's known for. That's not what he's like, he, so like that's not his good thing. at that. But I'm just telling yeah. you, that's why he is so good. So your hatred for him is unwarranted. You hate him because it's people love him. So you don't no, hate him. You hate because I, people love him. I Ronaldo. I think Ronaldo is. We're is not talking about Ronaldo. Best. I'm just saying, like, if you're saying just I, I don't like him just because he's popular or whatever, that's bullshit. Because I like Ronaldo. No, you. A lot. I didn't say because he's popular. I said you hate him because people praise him. That's why you hate him. And people praise Ronaldo too. But I still really like Ronaldo. Like his, he deserves all of the praise that he gets. And and comparing Ronaldo to Messi, I think is very unfair to Ronaldo because Ronaldo is the superior player. By far the superior player because Ronaldo not only he could play multiple positions. Messi can only play just striker. That's like right up the middle. That's what he does. He doesn't play on that. He never plays on the outside. Ronaldo is way more versatile as a player. But I still don't understand why you hate Messi. Like 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 we're I comparing like him. we're comparing like round table pepperoni versus round table sausage. Like they're both fucking delicious pizza. Yeah, one's <laughs> better than the other, but they're both but delicious also, pizza. Also, we're, Messi we're not comparing plays for Messi with like like like. Jossie Zardes, where there's, there's clearly a, a, dif- a difference. <laughs> why do you always bring the Zardes up? Because I, I love Zardes. I don't know why. I don't <laughs> yes, know he's why. He's the fucking best. That was that was like when when I used to be. I used to really like Benga on from the Lakers. Oh, yeah, he used to I get so that. mad. I he remember used to get that. So mad. Yeah, goofy ass looking guy too. Fucking super goofy. Yeah, he was from like the Congo or some shit. Those ears. Yeah, he, but he was but he was a good a good bench player. Benga was a good bench player. And everyone talks shit I, I on like, him, but he always like played Jardis. well. What do you want from me? Well, that's crazy. I I don't get it. Just don't. does he even play for the Galaxy anymore? No, he plays for I think Columbus or Ohio. Oh, oh, that's actually yeah. Columbus, Ohio. That's the same. Yeah, it's Columbus. <laughs> <the> same thing. <laughs> I think Ohio has two teams though. Really? Why? Uh, Why are there so many so. MLS teams now? I don't get it. Yeah, there's like Wait. fifty or something like that. Sixty, seventy-five. Yeah, who cares? Right. The Copa is cool because it's the South American teams, and I've always city though. I've always, yeah, I've always leaned more towards like the South American side of it. I think like like the Euro, that that aspect. Mm-hmm. I think it's just too commercial. And and on the one side, yes, like the South American teams. Holy fuck, dude! All they do is they spend half the time on the floor. It's constant. Oh, it's so irritating. It. But on the other I, hand, yeah. like you can't deny that like the European teams, especially the Premier League, it's it's so commercial. And you even think is oh, there yeah, any integrity left whatsoever? But that's not to say, like, I still don't just love watching soccer at this level. And that's, above all else, I had a great time. I loved it. Yeah, I did too. I mean, like you said, it was a little frustrating with the Copa America where, dude, they were stopping play every, like, 45 seconds or to a minute. It was it just... Was brutal. It brutal. I've never... I mean, I've watched a lot of soccer over the last, like, 12 years since we got into it. And this is never the most, been this bad. It's no, never I've never no. And and we've watched Cope, the Copa America competitions every every year since we got into it. And I, it's yeah, I've never seen anything like it. I've never. It, it was it it almost ruined it for me. And it almost I almost kind of thought about just not even watching it anymore because no, I, I don't know. Do that. You can't do that. I know. Well, I mean, obviously I didn't, but can't. I was just getting so frustrated with it. It was terrible. And the rest just like let it happen. Like what? Like why? Why just fucking allow the play? I mean, that's that that coincides with with our longstanding. I mean, not that it's any any revelation to anybody that FIFA is insanely corrupt and these yeah. matches are rigged and 
I mean, we, we were going back and forth for a while about all these conspiracy theories that aren't far-fetched at all, that are pretty pretty sane in their delivery. Mm-hmm. And we could have an entire podcast about it. But I think that's coming out of out of the, the coronavirus pandemic, coming out of quarantine, like FIFA needed this. FIFA needed big, big teams to be in the finals. And <laughs> Brazil versus Argentina in the Copa. It's the biggest. Dude, like, <laughs> you can't get bigger than that. I know. <laughs> and then having having uh, England in in uh, fucking the Italy. Euro Cup. That's I mean, dude, that's it's it's crazy. It this is the best thing they could have asked for. And yeah. then it, it begs the question: Is it did did they really even ask for this, or did they make this happen? Yeah, it kind of makes. Yeah, I, I think it's. I think a lot of it was was rigged. I mean, I think the only thing, the only matchup in the Euro Cup that would have been bigger would have been England versus Germany. Yeah, that's, because Germany that's the only thing is such make. a powerhouse. They're such a fucking powerhouse, and they have been for decades. They just they, so, this year. I mean, they just didn't have a as strong of a roster this year as they have, and all rankings had them super low. So I yeah. think it would have been a little too egregious. That's a German <laughs> word to have them in the finals. <laughs> a little too but even con- Italy, like like I could have seen France, a France England match would have been a better thing than Italy and England. Like, cause there, there are more star players in France. There are just bigger, better players in France than there are in Italy. I mean, I don't know. I just, I, regardless, it was a great match. I, I mean, I had a great time watching it and going into penalties like that was fuck, man. It's always All intense. You for. Yeah. It's always intense. Penalties is, is like the worst way to decide anything. And that's why they put it off for so, so long. But at some point yeah. it has to come down to it. Yeah, playing two hours, you yeah, know, that's, you can't that's just go long. on forever. <laughs> I mean, yeah, when you think about what a, an NBA game is, 48 minutes, an NFL game is, ten what, minutes. 60 minutes? Because what, 15, 15 minute quarter or quarter? play right? for like fucking 10 minutes. Well, I know, but you that's know what it. I mean? Like, yeah. like actual game time, it's, it's 60 minutes. And hockey's the same. Well, hockey does, no, they do 60 minutes as well, 20, 320s. So I mean, to, for for people to run up and down a soccer field for two fucking hours is wild with yeah. very little break. Soccer is the greatest sport of all time. I mean, that's just oh. plain and simple. Second greatest sport of all time. Well, it's better than baseball. It's not sure. better than baseball. Baseball is third best. Baseball is Earth's past. I would second best. Basketball. Oh, you're such a butthole. Come on, get the you are the you. loosest butthole ever. That's crazy. <laughs> But uh, I would have loved to have seen Messi cry and have a hissy fit like he did the last Copa. Remember that? We, I remember we watched it at your house. Yeah. And when, <laughs> when Argentina lost, he got on the ground and was like hitting the ground like a fucking three-year-old. It was great. It was, the, oh, it was so great. I loved it. I hate so, Messi so much. Oh, it would have been so good to see him do that again. I don't know. I, oh, I really like Neymar and his crying and his sadness. That was, that was good, me. too, because Neymar is overrated, too. He's a because he's a fucking asshole. He's a fucking little yes. butthole too. Yep. I don't know why. Oh my! It's just because he plays for Brazil. Like that's that's the that's reason why is. people hold him up so high. So exactly. irritating. That's totally it. Because he's always been this cocky motherfucker since he was like sixteen or seventeen when he started to get all this attention. He was so cocky, but he was good. Not don't you can't deny he's not good, but or that he's good, but he's just he's not he's not Brazilian Ronaldo. He's not Ronaldinho. He's not some of these great Brazilian guys. He's just, and he'll never be that. He'll never be as good as those guys. You so, just hate him because he played for Barcelona. 
Well, yeah, I, fuck, Barcelona. <laughs> That's a big reason why I don't like Messi too, because he plays for Barcelona and he still does. That motherfucker. Uh, he's comfy. Yeah, yeah. He's he's fucking got the life, man. Like Corn says, he's got the life. <laughs> That's a great song. That song's better than that team. It's better than Messi. Um, oh. So yeah, so that that was a good one. And then the Euro Cup final on Sunday, yesterday. I was uh, that was fun. That was great. I, I mean, we already kind of touched upon it, but. I don't know. You got anything else about the Euros? No, just that. I mean, like, talk about some shit that looked rigged. And then when, when some <laughs> of those penalties were being missed. Yeah. I don't know, man. It looks so fucking fake. Yeah, that one that hit the post. Yeah. The post. That, that was the one. And it's like, it wasn't even a hard kick. It was almost it like wasn't. he was. He, he barely tap, tapped it. I don't know, dude. It's, and then the guy went the opposite ugh. way. Come on. It, it, there was the stutter step. The guy jumped and then he kicked it very lightly and then hit the post. I just. It looked too suspect. Uh, yeah, definitely. But then to lose in London, they fucking played in <laughs> London. And then and then the, the, the royal family was there. Did you see that too? Yeah, a bunch of cucks too. <laughs> I'm going to fuck. Oh, it was crazy. It was crazy. Poor Skip though. Skip, um, I guess he is a football guy. Well, you got to be. Guy. You got to be a fan when your your country is playing in any sport. True, true, true. Especially on this level. I mean, yeah, soccer is the, the honestly, only yeah. sport that involves the world really that people care about. Yeah, the Olympics yeah. happen, but nobody gives a shit about the Olympics. No, I mean maybe like two sports. That's yeah. it. Ping two or three sports. And yeah. Freestyle BMX. That's it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> But yeah, now the Euro Cup and the, you know, this is the Euro Cup was what got me into soccer. And I think that's what got you into soccer too. When we were in Europe yeah. during the Euro Cup, we had no idea. We just, we, we just happened to go to Europe in June of 2008, not knowing this was a big, huge thing and changed my perspective on, on the sport, on just everything. I know exactly I what it was. For, at least for me, it was it was Netherlands it was when they invaded the, the, the Urals. Yes. And they're all in Everybody was in orange. orange. Like, what the it fuck is so going on here? And they had crazy hair and they were screaming and they were super drunk and everyone was laughing and having a good time. And you're yep. just like, wow, that's, that's cool. I think. <laughs> that was cool. And then we watched that, that first Swiss match in the hostel at the bar. Yeah. Uh, and then Germany, and then Germany won just that one match when we were in Munich and the city shut down. I was Dude, fucking The streets wild. were ghost towns. Not one person on the streets. No, nobody walking, no, nothing. Yeah. But then once they won, once they won, the streets were just, just exploded. They were just people everywhere, partying, screaming, shooting off fireworks. I remember, dude, that was, that was wild. And then, and then when we were in Liechtenstein, cause Liechtenstein were in the Euro cup that year. Yeah. We watched the we, outdoor or whatever the out, that was. Right that below setup. the castle. Yeah. Remember? Cause the castle was up on the hill. The pop-up. And then they had the pop-up. <laughs> whatever the fuck just, that was. I don't even know who Liechtenstein was playing that match, but. The whole, literally, the whole village came and watched. Watched. Yeah, it on that's this what it was. Huge like a village projector. Yeah, because the city's so small. But dude, that was that was a fun. That was a yeah. fun month for sure. That's what so, that's what started it. Yep, and then I got into it, and then I yeah, and then I started watching the leagues that September. Got into Real Madrid. Started watching Real Madrid. That was my team, and then Man United. And you couldn't resist the, the suave, It wasn't Ronaldo. Sexy. It was not Ronaldo. It was. It was, I didn't the say reason it was Ronaldo. why I know, but I knew what you were gonna say. I was saying like, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not stupid. Well, not that stupid. But, but no, it was Mesut Özil, German player. 
He was he was like the best part of he was one of the best parts of the German team that Euro Cup and I I thought it was just that the German team that cup was just so they were so fucking good. They deserved the win over Spain. Fuck Spain. Wait, Spain won that year. Yeah, Spain won that year. I think so. Yeah, Spain won that and then they won the World Cup in 2010 and then they won the Euro Cup again in 2012. Because we watched it at BJ's when we got home, right? Yeah, we did, yeah. 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 That was good. good what stuff. a year. What a summer. What a Yeah, what a summer, seriously. So we got anything else on soccer or anything in general? No. No? That's, uh, okay. that's it. That's all. Okay, okay. I'm trying to get to the outro music, but... Okay, okay, okay. Cool, okay. cool. Okay. Trying to vamp and trying to, to waste time, but I mean, it's... Cool, 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 cool. I love when things work, work properly. Okay, so... Go to uh, thank you all for listening. Go to um, Apple Podcasts. Go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Once again, thank you for listening. Stay tuned for the main episode because we're getting into Circus Survive and their record Juturna. So that's it. That's all. Doop, doop, doop.